You hear this phrase quite a bit, but it's difficult to pin down its meaning.、Um, what is your bread, and what are the waters that you're meant to cast your bread onto, and what is the outcome that is promised, and why on earth are you chucking bread into the sea anyway? In the Old King James translation, Ecclesiastes eleven verse one says, "Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days." Which begs the question: Having chucked your loaf into the water, do you really want to find it again after many days?、Uh, neither water nor many days do much for the quality of bread. Well, the new NIV translation does a, a bit of translating for us, and it, it, it says, chapter eleven, verse one: "Ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return."、Uh, so they're saying, "Oh no, look! Ecclesiastes eleven is about investment." And certainly, we might see this as an encouragement towards generosity. We should put our resources out there, and God will bless a profligate giver. I think that's a decent interpretation of this verse.、Um, but if if this was simply an encouragement towards philanthropy, then it would be the only one in all of Ecclesiastes. Remember that just、uh, two verses earlier, Solomon has told us money is the answer for everything. Um, Solomon here is giving us life under the sun. This is not a religious treatise.、Um, to get a sense of the original meaning of what casting your bread on the waters actually means, let's just keep reading in Ecclesiastes eleven from verse two. It says, "Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land." It's about diversifying your portfolio, isn't it? Of, of investments, isn't it? Verse three: If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the Maker of all things. Verse six: Sow your seed in the morning and at evening. Let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. So again, it is this kind of diversifying your investment portfolio, because who knows which one of your investments will succeed and which one will fail. This kind of points us in the direction of investment. That when we when we're talking about casting your bread upon the waters, it does seem to be financial advice. But it's not really about giving your money away. It's more about diversifying your investment portfolio against to protect you against market variations. Does this verse therefore does it only have application for our financial matters? Does it have nothing to do with God? Well, actually, this spirit of investment in many ventures、uh, actually springs from a very particular view of God and a very particular view of the world. Ancient cultures were not very good at investment. Ancient cultures tended to do only one of two things with their wealth: they either hoarded it as protection against future scarcity, you know, save it up for a rainy day, or they displayed it, demonstrating their cultural standing, their pomp. Of course, neither of those options—neither hoarding nor displaying your wealth—will be good for the economy. Everything stagnates when the money is squirrelled away or wasted on needless pomp. But the teacher, and then Jesus in the New Testament, speak of another approach.、Uh, think of Jesus' parables about the talents, for instance. He speaks of this third way: not hoarding, 
and not displaying, but investing. Money gained is to be reinvested or cast upon the waters, as our saying says, in the hope of gaining a good return. And this really overturns our natural thinking about what to do with money. Naturally, we look, at, we look at a world that seems unpromising and we are nervous of risking. We are nervous of putting the best of ourselves out there into the world. We shrink back from the confidence that we should have and we sit on our talents rather than sharing them. With this mindset, we view the world's resources like it's a warehouse of tinned meats, and each tin that we consume reduces our supplies by one, and so we just ration ourselves out. But actually, when our eyes are opened through the gospel, we see that this world is a bountiful place. It's a place of being fruitful and multiplying. And behind a fruitful world is a generous God. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are an inexhaustible fountain of life and their gifts are enjoyed more in their passing on. This overflow works in the spiritual realm. You know, out of the abundance of God's love and forgiveness, we pass on love and forgiveness to others. But this overabundance, this overflow also works in the financial realm. The same Lord Jesus is Lord of all, and His world operates according to His character and purposes. So then, whatever you have received, pass on. Whatever wealth you have, invest it. So yes, casting your bread on the waters can inspire us to be generous with our wealth and to risk our resources in investments. And we can be confident that these investments will pay off in the end because we have a generous God whose world is correspondingly bountiful. With such an overflowing God, the question now is, what are we going to do with our resources, with our gifts, with our talents? Think today, what has God given you in terms of time, money, resources, gifts, experiences, expertise? What has God given you? Are you tempted to sit on those things in fear? Are you tempted merely to display them for your own comfort and pride? Why not today cast your bread upon the waters, risk, spend, venture? Put it out there, because with our generous God, all our giving is really sound investment. <laughs>